Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast with Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Curcio. Here are the ground rules for our conversation. Respect one another. Openness. No assumptions allowed. Mistakes are welcome. And let's grow together. Enjoy the conversation. Everybody, how are you doing? Welcome to the Diversity on a Hill podcast with PJN. PK, we're back again. Yeah, how's it going, man? Hey, it's been great. You know, just got back from a vacay with the fam. Ooh, where'd you go? Oh, we went to the beach. So it was nice. I mean, it was so nice. My family didn't want to come back. What beach did you go to? Where? In- uh, we were in Florida. We were in Florida. Florida? Um, okay. It was a spot in between panama city beach and destin somewhere in there i'm not sure really yeah because i'm we might be going there this coming week ourselves nice not destin but close to there that's great man um we got a airbnb you know they really take care of their peoples so well good man well you deserve you deserve a vacation hey thanks man i needed it i'm glad you're getting away too yeah well you know it's thanksgiving you got to see some fam you got to do do your thing yep i like it it should be good so it's been a couple of weeks since we've talked. A lot has happened. My word. Wow, a lot has happened. <laughs> oh, yes. And I'm not sure we're going to get into all that. Oh, we wouldn't have enough time. No, no. But today's episode, we are going to do a one of our famous clickbait episodes. I've Woo-hoo. got some I've got some things here that I kind of want to run by you. All right. I got one myself. You got one? Yeah. Mm, okay. We're going to have a lot of fun with that all one. Right. Well, good. Well, hey, everyone, we just want to, before we jump into that, we want to remind you that you can reach out to us, maybe send us a clickbait, send us some article or some quote that really gets you thinking. And you can do that where, Curcio? Ah, diversity on a hill at gmail.com, diversity with a C, uh, just in case this is your first time listening. Beautiful. Now, you can also check us out on uh, social media, right? Yeah, Instagram. Sweet. Diversity on a hill as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, diversity nice. on the hill. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Now, there is one thing I uh, one of our listeners did share with us that we wanted to highlight here. Uh, we had mentioned uh, or talked about Spain kind of separate from the whole continent of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wanted to let you know we are aware that Spain is part of Europe. I don't remember saying that. Can you remind me of what we said? Do you, no, do you know? we, we just made it sound like Spain was its own <laughs> like area and Europe was... Like we were saying that uh, all that was happening was coming from Europe. Mm. Um, but then we kind of talked about Spain like it was independent. Well, m- I have relatives or that's where my heritage is from Spain. So right. I believe it's its own wonderful, beautiful country <laughs> separate from everyone because that's where, you know. Well, my, my last name is actually Portuguese, like from Portugal, oh, not really? Portuguese, but from Portugal. Yeah. So we're, we're out in the same area. Yeah. I'm just messing with you people that I don't really believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, we will be back in just one second with Clickbait. And we're back. Sweet. So, Curcio. Yes. You know what? How about I let you start this time? Are you ready? Uh, sure. Or did I just pop this up on you and you're like, oh no, let me pull this up. <laughs> it's all good. Because yeah, yeah, I yeah. started with all of them. That's all good. How about you start 
give me your your clickbait. All right, sure. So I got to go to my girl. My you know she's my home girl, not my girl. My girl's actually my wife, Melissa. She's amazing. But uh, my home girl that I follow uh, on Twitter, and it's Jamel Hill. You know she's a sports reporter. Okay. She's been doing it for many years. She's really good at what she does. Um, but she shared this thought that was like, okay, let's see, let's see what you think about this. All right, all right, here it is. I don't know. This is Jamel speaking, right? Okay. I don't know why we're asking people who voted out Trump to understand those who voted for him. Why aren't Trump Trump supporters being asked to explain their choice and mentality? I don't get why the burden of understanding is on non-Trump supporters. That's loaded. <laughs> it is. Wow, that's that's loaded. So she shared that and it was like, mm, that's definitely uh, one that I was like, look, let me see what PJ thinks about this. Um, because even I struggle with this particular thought here. So, okay, so how do you struggle with it? All right. So so should I read it again just so the listeners can can catch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And so, I'm looking at it here with you now. All right, sweet. Here it goes. It says, I don't know why we're asking people who voted out Trump to understand those who voted for him. Why aren't Trump supporters being asked to explain their choice and mentality? I don't get why the Trump, oh, sorry, I don't get why the burden of understanding is on non-Trump supporters. Okay, so what's your problem with this? Okay, so it's, it's challenging for me because I see where she's coming from. You know, Trump has uh, been president the last four years. Mm -hmm. And um, all of a sudden, right, Trump gets voted out. Mm -hmm. And where she's coming from is it feels like they're getting asked or encouraged to be like, you need to understand where we're coming from. Like the Trump supporters are like, we have been pushing this. We understand why we've been voting for him and all of this stuff. And you guys, you know, you don't get it. Like they're telling the non-Trump supporters, like, you don't get it. That's kind of the context of what was going on on the thread. So was this was this part of a thread and that's why she's asking this? Or? No, well, she started the thread, right, with this particular thought and then people started chiming in. Okay. And, and the concept is she's coming from why is it that non-Trump supporters are the ones that have to be the understanding one? Like, like they're the ones that have to take the quote-unquote higher ground in this situation. Okay. When she feels like they've been oppressed, not oppressed, but they've been dealing with all of this madness for four years. So why do non-Trump supporters now have to be the ones understanding of the difficulty of Trump transitioning out, I would assume? Well, all right. So I think I understand what she's saying, but I'll be honest. I don't, I don't feel like this is a good conversation starter. Okay. Obviously, I don't think this is a way you start with people and be like, hey, let's talk about this. No, 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 uh, definitely if, not. If that's something we want to, you know. No, no, no. I, I got to share this, too, though. She's been, like, hot and not hot as in good looking, as in hot, like, livid uh, yeah. when it comes to talking about the president well, for a long time. Yeah, she's been very controversial in some of the stuff she said and, Correct. and very uh, opinionated and, yeah, a little bit little bit antagonistic, I think. Right. It's it's not how we're encouraging people to have conversations. No, for sure, right? no. no, no, no. <laughs> so. But we do want to bring this up. And, and, and here's here's what, when you read this, I'm like, okay, I understand some of it, but I don't agree with her. Okay. I really don't agree that the burden is on non-Trump supporters because I have seen many people on social media asking now, 
even though Trump has been voted out. How could people vote for Trump? How can they vote for Trump? Why are they still voting for him? Don't they know this, this, and this? And they go through their list of, of things. We're not going to get into all those things. Right, right, right. Not a political episode. So I have found the opposite, actually. Okay. In my in the things that I've been seeing, I even have some friends who on Facebook have said, "How I can't believe Trump voters voted for Trump. How can they do this? Mm -hmm. um, this is a... This is a slap in the face to to, to races and, and and certain things and you know whether you agree with that or not that's there that's where they're coming from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I have actually seen the opposite. I have seen more people asking Trump supporters, "How can you still vote for him, knowing A, B, and C?" Interesting. Yeah, and so I'm I'm trying to figure out where she's coming from, and and I guess for the past four years, haven't. Have, hasn't that been, been, I don't know, flip-flopped a little bit? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what was told to her. But I've seen, so here's the thing. I've seen people, she's, she says here, why aren't Trump supporters being asked to explain their choice and mentality? I do believe for the past four years, people have been asking Trump supporters, how can you do that? How, it just depends on what side of the fence you're on. Right. As to what questions you're getting. I don't think she's seen the whole conversation personally. Well, it seems like she's definitely feels frustration. Like you can see the frustration coming out in her words. Yeah, because someone asked her, why don't you understand us? Right. But so Jamil Hill is an African-American. She is. Right. Don't you think she has said, hey, look at things from my perspective? Absolutely. So why is it when someone else, hey, look at this from my perspective, is she getting upset when she has probably said the same thing. Hey, you need to to explain to me why you're doing that. I'm sure she has told people, hey, listen, here's where I'm coming from. And and you're right. Now, I also think that she's also coming from a perspective of all, the, all of the challenges she's faced, even in her professional career. Well, she's been a journalist for so many years, but she's a woman journalist. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, she's a minority because sure. she's African-American, right? So we... Um, as uh, minorities mm -hmm. have been taught most of the time, at least in my case, right? Let me just speak for myself to take the higher road. Whenever you have the opportunity, you take it. It's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that what's being challenged here is also the mere fact that maybe she's just tired of taking the high road. And maybe she's trying to say, look, how about all of these other people who have maintain this mentality or or have fueled the way that that the u.s has gone mm -hmm. you know why don't you go ahead and explain where you're coming from and you start taking the high road instead of expecting everybody else to take the high road and I, I i get you there the high road argument i i agree with a little bit as in she's probably tired f for taking the high road but i would say this i do feel like there's certain people who read her stuff and don't think she has taken the high road oh no and and, and oh, <laughs> no question. And and here's the thing. I do. I have heard people who have voted for Trump explain to me why they have voted for Trump, because right. I've had those conversations. I mean, a few weeks ago, I did a sermon on politics. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I had people come talk to me about their votes and why they voted a certain way. OK. Now, most of it dealt with uh, a Christian worldview and Christian ethic as into policies. Mm hmm. Um, obviously we can get into the broader 
<laughs> ethic of that. But they would they would say something like maybe, well, here's why I voted Republican is because of abortion. Mm-hmm. Right. That's something I, I, I can get on board with. Of course. Right. That personally. Same and here. so I have had people explain why they've they have voted a certain way. That's why I don't I don't really I think this tweet is is her being tired of maybe what she's hearing in the political division. Right. But I also believe it's her being in an echo chamber a little bit and not <laughs> not realizing, nope, they have described you maybe you don't agree with why they're voting for Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing here is there's a there's a disagreement and she doesn't like it. And then when she's asked, well, why didn't you vote for him? Yeah, I just I I just, I don't agree with her statement here. I I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, again, this is why it's clickbait. Something this is a to huge clickbait. Yeah, yeah. To I me, mean, she is super loaded. I mean, if somebody comes to to us, you mm-hmm. know, well, I mean, again, yeah, speak for yourself, yeah. man. Don't pull me in. Don't lump me in with you. Like the so, Valentine's thing. Don't lump dude, me the, in with that. Alana didn't get on you about that. No, because I didn't say it. That's just like true. Valentine's Melissa, Day, like you did. Yeah, Melissa did tell me. Hey, I heard what you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh man. And by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to the last episode. Yeah, yeah. You'll you'll find out how I got myself in trouble. Anyhow, so <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, if somebody comes and says, you know, I want you to uh, to explain to me, you know, why you voted for Melissa you know, in that kind of situation, you know, I will gladly do it. And I have no, you know, I guess because I have no bearing, no, no horse in this particular race. My, my mentality is, Lord, I wanted you to put whoever, whatever president was going to get us closer to the end. That was my mentality. Mm. So it didn't matter to me if Trump would have won. It didn't matter to me if Biden won. Uh, In the end, I was just like, Lord, get us closer to the end because I want to go home, Mm -hmm. right? So then I hear this and I'm like, you know what? We cannot, as Christians now, Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, I don't want us to grow weary in doing good. Well, the Bible says that. Do not weary in doing good because you will reap the, in due time, you will reap the benefits. That's it. Yeah. And I know that we're tired and I know that we are just, you know, finding ourselves in a difficult situation. 2020 has not been nice to many of us. Mm -hmm. But the point is, Try not to go weary. Grow weary. Can't even say that right. <laughs> grow weary. Weary. <laughs> in doing good, guys. Yeah, the, the, Keep, the, take the, higher, the high road. The high road, the higher ground is often things like we're youth pastors. I don't know if you've ever gotten like, well, this adult does this. Mm-hmm. Well, they do it. Yeah. Well, aren't you? And even my own child at times has said, hey, why aren't you supposed to be the example? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, the idea of the high road is that Jesus always took the high road. That's right. And never backed down. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we should never back down from taking the high road. That's right. Even if it's not even if it's not fair. Yeah, you're right. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. But I've I'm not asked to, to live in a fair world. I'm I'm asked to live in this world and to be an example for Christ and, and to be his light. To Amen. be the city on a hill, oh. shining light. Boom, boom, boom. I like what um, you did there. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, yeah, tell us what you think about this. I don't, like I said, I don't agree with her. I believe both sides have been asked uh, to explain themselves. And I've even seen people f- saying that people who voted for Trump is a slap in the face to those minorities. And I don't necessarily agree with that either because I do believe there is more to this than it's so complex the issues especially yep. as christians 
Um, so anyways, it just, just, yeah. Interesting, interesting dynamic here. Thanks for yeah. bringing that. No problem. It was loaded. All I, right. I knew it was going to be an interesting combo for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to take a couple seconds and I'm going to read something to Curcio when we come back. Danger. Clickbait number two. All right. Are you ready? Let's do it. So have you ever heard the comment, we can disagree and still be friends? Yes. All right. And that's kind of what we are about in this podcast is Correct. having tough conversations, disagreeing, yet still striving for unity. Right. Well, on, on Instagram, I've seen a few times and even on Facebook, some alternatives to that. Hmm. And some have words that aren't... Uh, well, necessarily uh, friendly, church friendly. Okay, so since we're not an explicit podcast, yeah, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna say it, and I, <laughs> I, I, I don't use those words myself, but we'll just proud say, of you. Um, so I'm gonna leave maybe some of those words out, but I, I've seen I've seen this one, and I want to know what you think. We can disagree and still be friends. There's a, maybe that's two people talking, and the mm-hmm. other one says yes, and then a bad word. I don't know why that has to be that about pizza toppings. Not racism. <laughs> okay. And then there's there's other ones that kind of throw more isms in there. Right. Right. There's one we can uh, disagree and still be friends. Uh, does not apply to racism, sexism, homophobia, or transphobia. Mm. And that one's even a little bit more broad and, and interesting. Okay. So, what do you think? See, to me, when it comes to this whole concept of we can still be friends. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where we'd have to determine what their idea of friendship is. Okay. All right. Because the Bible does say that two wouldn't be together unless they agreed. Okay. Right. Um, but then I wonder if the concept of friendship as it pertains to that particular context is we have to see eye to eye on these things in order for us to relate to one another. Right. Because obviously they're saying we can be friends and disagree, but not about difficult topics. Or Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think this is a play on another thing. Um, I think there's a there's another person here and I think his name was. Let me see if I could. Samuel Baldwin, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, his quote is, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. Now, that one's a little deeper. That is a little deeper. And a little bit broader than just racism. Right. Now, we, maybe we'll get back to that one because I believe that's going to be a good spiritual. Sure, segue. A, a good but, spiritual segue. But, but, but here's my thing with, with that one, too. Like, just... Real quick drop and we can we can move on to keep No, is it gonna be really deep though? Cause I don't want to get deep yet. Okay, well fine. No, go ahead. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean kind of deep, but here's my problem with this one. All right, go ahead. Uh we could just we're gonna still be friends. Yeah, but pizza toppings, not racism. The problem that I have with this is that what exactly does that mean? Because here's the thing. You may see something as racist that I don't see as necessarily racist. And we've talked about this in other yes. other things. Like, yes, we did. So, you know, let's say a, a shooting. 
mm-hmm. right? You, someone might say, hey, listen, I don't think that shooting was racism-based. Correct. It was based upon this. Now, the other person sees it. No, it's racist. It's, mm-hmm. Oh, it's obviously racist. Or how many times do we see do we see this happening? Yep. And so that's where I'm like, what do you mean by racism and, and sexism? It's like, you need to define that more than you need to do friendship because I can still be friends with someone who I, I believe says racist things, but they aren't a racist person. And we've talked about that before. I've yes. had, had these conversations. That's why I have a problem with this, with this, with this statement. And, and I've seen it on so many like social medias, like, yeah, here, here's this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Preach it or whatever. <laughs> But the problem is when we disagree with someone, we're not going to see things the same way. Right. Especially about super important things. And again, the pizza toppings, that's something superficial. Exactly. So you what like. Are we, what about religion? You see, that's, these are not superficial topics. Right. Like, or even money. Yes. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like we don't want to box ourselves into this section of just people who think like me and do like me because again this goes back to what i was saying earlier this whole idea of friendship what is friendship to you Mm -hmm. if friendship is we get along and we agree on everything Mm -hmm. then yeah that statement is correct well what about this oh i lost it good that's okay but then it's like the the people who see friendship as something greater something that is challenging something that is going to help you grow and goes beyond your comfort Mm -hmm. then we would disagree with that statement sure now now, oh it, it came back to me good what person is going to say you know what we can disagree and still be friends well yeah you know what i'm a racist no one ever says, yeah, I'm a racist unless they are like really in the KKK. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Even even some of these white supremacist groups don't say they're racist. Mm-hmm. Now, we know there's racist tendencies, but no one ever says, you know what? Yeah, I'm a racist. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, I haven't had that. So experience. no one no one thinks and no one thinks of themselves as necessarily uh, being a ra- and, and so that's where you need to start is like, well, we could still be friends. So let's talk about these things, why I view what you view as racist or why I'm uncomfortable with this. Mm-hmm. And if you're friends, you're going to come to at least some compromise or middle ground. Right. Right. And you can, again, you can ag- agree to disagree. Oh, to me, it's, it's something that is you don't want to avoid it. So here's, here's my thinking. I have friends Mm -hmm. that are staunch Republicans Mm -hmm. and, and when we talk and they express what they, and I can say, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that because Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. but then we don't try to avoid now that conversation anymore because we disagree on it. No, I've, I have better conversations with people who I disagree with because we actually go there. And, and, (laughs) and, 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 And this is what we're trying to encourage. We're trying to say, Hey, look, don't be those people who are trying to be friends that create an echo chamber. Right. And also don't put things in a box. Don't like this thing, not racism. Well, what do you mean by that? You're putting, then you're putting no matter what that person says that you disagree with as a racist comment. That's not always the case. Right. Right. Don't be so sensitive when it comes to that. And if you're confused, then ask and get clarity. Yeah. I think that's the safest way to to go about it. But again, I go back to that whole concept of what is friendship to you. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, even if we had the experience, and it would be weird. I I mean, I can't say that it wouldn't be. But if somebody said, hey, look, 
I'm a racist. Just straight up like that. But yet they're trying to have a relationship with me. And I am clearly um, not part of their race. Then that's telling. Mm-hmm. Because as racist as they may be, but yet they still want a relationship with me. Why not? We can disagree on that. Mm-hmm. Because again, my perception uh, and understanding that we were all created equal and we're all children of God, but maybe they don't believe in God. Yeah. And as long as they're not doing you harm and they're not abusing you, if you're friends with someone, you have the opportunity to impact their lives in a positive way. And that is my point about friendship. Mm. When it challenges you to grow, when it takes you outside of your comfort level, Mm -hmm. if you see friendship like that, then you can agree to disagree on things. Yeah, and if you put someone in that box like, well, I can't be friends with you because you're racist because you believe this, this, and this, and you're, or you, you voted for this person and this person and this person, so we can't be friends. Well, then you're not furthering <laughs> the cause, as to, per se. All you're doing is making more walls. Correct, and this takes me to... So we can segue into the spiritual one that you were holding All right. there. So you want so, me to read it again? So how about, no, not yet. Okay. But here's the, this will segue to it. Okay. It's like saying, I don't hang out with sinners. Because mm. yeah. that was something that, that was happening in the Bible. Pharisees telling Jesus, you Ex- hang out with sinners. Exactly. Like, and it's like, and you're not? Yeah. You know, so the idea is this. I, um, mm. Oh, man, there was a quote. It just slipped me, man. Oh... It, it was something to the effect of, um, I can't hang with you because you sin differently from me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. something like that. And, and the, that's the concept. Like, am I going to be calling people out for something that I am as well? Mm-hmm. I have my flaws. I'm not perfect. There are things that, that people are not going to agree with with me. And I'm not going to find somebody who is going to see things exactly like me because I am me. Well, what about that verse? Okay, here's a verse. And I'm paraphrasing. And this is what happens when we have conversations. I could have prepared and had the verse ready and read it to you, whatever. But this is what we're doing. Um, There's one where the Bible says, hey, listen, if they don't agree with you or whatever, if they keep sinning, stop and treat them as you would an an unbeliever or a heathen. Right. Right. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, they've sinned, so we need to, you know, get rid of them or disfellowship them or, or not hang out with them. Right. Right. So what do we do with a verse like that or that concept? Well, we're going to have to get the con- the context for, the, look, for the text. Look at him. He's getting the con- the context. Well, I'm going to try to find it now. <laughs> <laughs> so that way we can understand where you're coming from. Right. Well, well I'm just saying people use, use these verses or, you know, there's the other verse in one of the Corinthians where bad company corrupts good character. Right. So does, you know, can I be friends with someone who has bad, who's bad company? Well, you got to define what bad company is. Okay. All right. Because again, you said, if I am building a friendship with someone who clearly uh, labeled themselves as a racist, but they're not hurting me Mm -hmm. and they're not imposing their views on me Mm -hmm. or trying to transform me into seeing things the way that they see it, then where's the harm? Well, now, because some would say you're validating their thoughts and you're saying, oh, it's not a big deal to be racist. I'll still be friends with you. Okay. Do, do you see what I'm saying? So some people, well, you're validating them and you're, you're hanging out with this person who's a self-proclaimed racist and they think, well, this, this minority likes me. Why don't you? 
I can continue to act the way I do because this minority is okay with it. Well, again, I go back to that whole idea. When you're building a, a relationship, it's not about changing the person. It's mm -hmm. about being able to grow together. Mm -hmm. Even if that means you expanding the way you see things or the way you treat somebody who thinks differently, so be it. Yeah. But the idea is if your goal heading into that relationship, even if it's a romantic one, and your goal is to change the person, you're dead in the water. Yeah, ladies, you can't change men. And men definitely can't change women. <laughs> yeah. So Once again, that's Curcio. Um. <laughs> yep. Hey, I already learned this, so I'm okay with it. So did you find it yet? Yes. Okay, read it. Okay, it's uh, Matthew 18, 15, if I'm not mistaken. Um, here's the New International Version. It says, if your brother or sister sins... Go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, mm -hmm. uh, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of the two witnesses. And then in 17 says, if they still refuse to listen, then take it to the church. And if they refuse to listen to even the church, Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. A pagan or a tax collector. All right, but this is talking that's, about... That's actually Jesus speaking. Correct. And But this is talking about um, someone who sins. Against you, who does something against you. Yes. Correct. So to me, that's different from just the conversation. No. What if someone is saying, I'm a racist and that has affected your life? Like, obviously, racism would affect us. Right. Or affect someone we love. So you're saying, well, no, that's affecting, that's hurting people. Right. That, but, raci that racism is hurting people. Right, right. And, and I get that part. But what I'm trying to get at is even though they acknowledge the fact that they're racist, they're not sinning against you. Yeah, but what they're not maybe sinning against you, but let's say they're supporting racism. It is hurting someone. That, so that's even, that's even more nuanced because then you're like, well, wait, if I'm supporting this person, then I am supporting their oppression of someone else. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I guess I want to look at it from a different perspective as if if somebody tells you that they're homosexual. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? You're not going to friend them because they have that tendency? What if they're not practicing? Even if they are practicing, I would still be their friend. Well, but you don't agree with the lifestyle. No, but I'm still going to be their friend. Okay, but this is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. they're not hurting you with their lifestyle, even though it's something you don't agree with. But and but, that is a sin. <laughs> so, but this is going so from. This, the, but this is from the other direction. This is this is like a, a, a someone who's living that lifestyle, the LGBTQ uh, plus lifestyle, mm -hmm. saying to me, "I can't be your friend because you don't support my lifestyle, and that oppresses me." Okay, so that is is the different right there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is from this view. So we're viewing it from this view. So, so okay. me as a minority, mm -hmm. I'm saying to the, the racist, I can't be your friend because your views will oppress me or someone I love or someone that I value. See, so, okay. and I think it's good to put ourselves in, in their shoes. Okay, I see where you're coming from. Now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, in that case, then maybe it doesn't mean you can't have a conversation, but maybe not a relationship that you want to build because you're not going to grow. In, in that circumstance. Again, it goes back to that whole concept that how do you view that friendship? But how can we change someone's mind if we don't give them that positive view or that role? So I'm, 
obviously you can see here i'm playing both sides of the fence yeah no and that's fine <laughs> you know i i believe that change you know we can't change anybody right no but a relationship with someone can start to change them yes but you can have an acquaintance without having a deep relationship where they're seeing that even though this person knows where i stand and how i live if they treat me with love mm -hmm. despite what they know about me can eventually have an impact or make an impact in their life. So have I gotten you to the place where you're saying you agree that you can't be friends, you can be acquaintances, but you can't be friends if they're a racist? I don't know if I'm like that you can't be their friend. I, first off, first off, if someone's says they're racist outright, that's different, right? Then, then we, but to me, this comment comes from a place where, you're assuming someone is racist just because they think differently than you about a topic or or a racial subject. Right, which is, again, passing judgment, and we don't have to be doing that. Unless the person tells you, and we mentioned this before, and shows you, you know, yeah. then don't assume. Right. You have to, like, go on that road. So hey, again, I want to go back to that verse, though. All right, go ahead. Because it ends with something interesting. Okay. Now remember, this is Jesus talking. Yep. And he says, treat them as you would a pagan, pagan or, or a tax, tax collector. collector. Yeah. Now, the way they treated pagans and tax collectors weren't good. But what about the way Jesus treated tax collectors and pagans? Well, he had one of them as a disciple, right? Yes. And we talk about Zacchaeus. Yep. And the. So, yeah. Okay. But see, here's the thing he demonstrated love. Yes, and he was friends to tax collectors and sinners. Right, but that's the way society, the Jewish society, had had excommunicated these people. Mm -hmm. Because these tax collectors were Jews that were taxing their own people. Yeah. These pagans were the ones that weren't following all of the rituals and, and all that other stuff that the Jews had established, thus making them pagans, right? Or they were from other nations, that had come in and lived among the Jews, right? So, so the idea is when you when you take that concept, they're treating them as you're not one of us. Mm -hmm. It's creating separation, which is what you said before. You're putting up walls if you're just not trying to engage with these people who think differently mm -hmm. and live differently. But what we're saying is you can be their friend if it's not harming you, but even if you don't want to go to the step of friendship, you can still be an acquaintance and treat them with love. I think we should treat them with love. I think Jesus, it, Jesus was talking to people who, who were following him and believing him. And it was like, here, here's the way we take care of conflict. Correct. And in the end, we treat them like pagans and tax collectors. If they which means, choose not to listen. Right. But how did Jesus do that? How did Jesus? That's what I'm saying. That's the key here because Jesus was still their friend, still had a relationship. It was just on a, it was kind of on a different level, but he was still, Jesus still reached out to them and still tried to show them compassion and love and mercy. Right. So, so here's an example. Somebody says they're racist, right? Clearly. Let's use that example. This is kind of where we've been. They, they just come out and they're like, I'm a racist, mm -hmm. but yet I'm willing to have this conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And you have a conversation goes nowhere. Mm -hmm. You didn't change their mind. They're definitely not changing yours. And then you go your merry way. But then you're driving down the street one day and you see them pulled on the side of the road because they have a flat. Mm -hmm. They deserved it. You see? 
<laughs> that would be the the initial reaction, right? But but the concept then is you go to this point where you're like, oh, I can help. They're in need. Mm-hmm. You're showing compassion. You already know you stand on different sides of the aisle. Yeah. But you still showed them love, especially in their time of need. That's how Jesus won people over. Yeah. That's he how- met their need. Then he bid them follow me. When they saw that you cared for them as a person. Mm, he met their need. Yes. That takes us to our quote. There it is. So here's the quote that we read. We can disagree and still uh, love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and the right to exist. Now, on the surface, I feel like that's a very strong, good quote. But if we think about it from a biblical Christian worldview. And that's where I was going. We shouldn't we shouldn't think this as 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 a person like. We should think this for other people. Hey, listen, don't oppress that person. I'm going to stand up for the oppressed. Correct. I'm going to stand up for those who are less than like me. the Bible. But says. when I'm worried about myself, which there this is, is basically what it's saying, my, my oppression, yep. denial of my humanity. Yep. You know what? The Bible says to deny yourself. Mm-hmm. It says to lose your life to gain it. It says make yourself a servant. And by the way, the language in the Bible was even a little stronger than servant. It was slave. Yep. It was make yourself a slave to other people to win them over to Christ, to win them over. Correct. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what I was getting at yeah. earlier when I saved. Yeah. The, that's the why I wanted right? to save it for last. So I didn't want to go straight into no, it. No, I love it. I love it. So here's the, <laughs> here's the point with love. Yeah. Love is unconditional. And it's selfless. And that's where I'm getting at. So the point is, when it's unconditional, it means it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter. Right. What matters is the fact that you're human. Mm-hmm. And thus, as a human, you are a child of God. You're created in his image. Mm-hmm. And you deserve to be loved. Despite what you think. Despite how you believe. Despite how you behave. And I think that that's the challenge that we have as Christians when we're saying, you know what? I'm going to love you because this is what God asked me to do. Mm. Yeah. So we still can be friends, even if they are a proclaimed racist, which no one does. <laughs> that's why I don't like these things. They just assume things. Anyways, that was a good, that was a good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciate the challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we will be right back. And we will bring you another clickbait. Yeah, we got one short one. And we're back. You said you had another short one. Yeah. Do you have one? No, yours. I thought yours was going to be short. Well, How do you know it was going to be short? I'm assuming. No, don't say. <laughs> oh. Broke the rules. Problems. <laughs> Problems. Broke the rules. So I read this article. And it's brand new. I don't I don't know if do you know who Harry Styles is? I am not familiar with Harry Styles. He's a famous singer. I think he was part of a boys band. I can't remember what the boy band was. Uh New Direction, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It was a boy band okay. first off, and it was not that that long ago. Okay. I mean, some some young person would be like, that was ages ago. Anyways, Harry Styles, <laughs> very popular right now, very popular singer. I think uh-huh. he has some uh, music that's out right now that's pretty interesting. But he's on the cover and in the magazine of Vogue. Okay. I think actually he's the first male uh, single male single artist on the cover of Vogue. 
Now, Vogue is a female magazine. Right. Um, nothing big there, but it's a female um, fashion magazine. Okay. Big in fashion. So apparently in this spread, he's wearing a dress. And I've seen this on a few things like social media and, right. and, and on this. So there is this Candace Owens. She's a African-American lady, but leans very conservative and actually Republican and actually goes uh, very conservative. Let's just put it that way. Right. She mocks Harry Styles for wearing the dress. Okay. And this is, this is, her, this is her tweet. There is no society that can survive without strong men. The okay. East knows this. In the West, a steady feminization of our men at the same time that Marxism is being taught to our children is not a coincidence. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. Sure We're not going to go into the Marxism part. <laughs> uh, but she says, this is an outright attack. And it says, bring back manly men. And ah. then shows a picture of him in the Vogue, and he's wearing a couple dresses. Okay. Yeah, I told you this one might <laughs> oh, not be short. Man. All right, so ah, mm, this is this is a difficult one. Because yeah, there's there's a little bit to unpack here. There is. Uh so so. Well, let me start off. Let me go. Maybe this will help us a little bit. Here right, is the ahead. title of this article that I was reading. Sure. Candace Owens mocks Harry Styles for wearing a dress. Did she forget about Jesus? Question mark. Oh, wow. <laughs> interesting, huh? Yeah, that is interesting. So what do you think of that comment? I mean, that's that's an interesting comment just to begin with. Now, I think Candace Owens is a Christian, and that's probably why they brought up Jesus. Of course, of course, of course. Right? Hey, do you remember Jesus? He wore... Yeah, I think Liz Plank was the one who wrote the article. So um, anyhow, wow. Um Lots to to get into here. Uh, okay, so let me let me let me go this way. This way, um, fashion, fashion, fashion was determined by cultures. Yes, based on where they lived and what means they had. Yeah, and fashion has changed much, and it's also uh, come back right because uh, a lot of the fashions that were Back in the days, just give it some time; it'll come back. That's what I was told yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when it comes to fashion. So, yeah, the, the the people, Middle Eastern men, still wear the equivalent of dresses in some places. Yeah, they don't call them dresses. Exactly, right. they don't. But it's the same concept of uh, or kilts. Those are like skirts. Yep, yep. There you go. So, so the idea is. Fashion is really determined by by culture, and it's challenging because even in the quote unquote feminist movement, mm -hmm. the whole women wearing pants thing, and then women wearing ties, and that kind of stuff, you know, also sparked a lot of outrage. So why does that spark outrage? Because there's some clothing that has been labeled for a specific gender. Yeah, doesn't the Bible, though, address this? The Bible actually addresses about men should dress as men and females female. Okay. And if you look at when this was written yeah. and how people were dressed according to what we understand based on pictures, the difference was basically 
the cuts and the colors, if you think about it. I mean, it's possible. I mean, there, there were certain headdresses. And um, ways that you wore your hair yeah. and, and different things like that, that, that you would identify mm-hmm. uh, genders, mm-hmm. right? Um, so fast forward to 2020. <laughs> um, I, okay, let me, let me get, get to the... Well, l- let me read this to you. All right, go ahead. Deuteronomy 22.5. A man shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whatever, uh, for whatever does these, for who, uh, sorry, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Interesting. Right. So, so well, but let's, here, here, here's, here's a challenge. Like, yeah. like we haven't done an ex, uh, we haven't exegeted this passage. So we obviously don't no, know. No, no, no. Uh, the the full context uh, there in Deuteronomy, but but here's here's the thought process. Oftentimes, when we see the picture, now let's go way 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 back to the beginning, mm-hmm. right? We're told that when Adam and Eve sinned, mm-hmm. uh, they sacrificed the lamb, used its wool to clothe Adam and Eve, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this happened to you, but it happened to me. I saw pictures of Adam and Eve covered; their clothes were exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the point is, obviously, it was going to evolve and there were going to be influences in the garb that mm-hmm. people wore, right? My, my point is, nowadays, we've identified clothing mm-hmm. to be a specific way for a specific purpose. That's always been the case. Correct. Yeah. Because so, obviously, if it has it in the Bible, it's always kind of been the case that there's been certain clothes designated for a specific gender correct mm-hmm. and even the priests had a specific oh, yeah. clothing right. that they were supposed to wear to identify them mm-hmm. okay that was the purpose mm-hmm. however since fashion is so heavily influenced by culture mm-hmm. and maybe in this particular situation uh harry styles was gonna be in the magazine vogue Mm-hmm. Which is a woman's fashion magazine, like you said. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Like he, I, I don't not. understand why Candace rips the guy for doing that. And and I mean, I get what she's saying that she's in essence saying manly men don't wear dresses. Well, she is saying this, and and this is a conservative, a highly conservative Christian argument, which I do get some of it because the Bible does address it here, and I do believe there's the context of this. Uh, of what it's trying to say we should be considerate of because even within our own like early church and I've even seen some conservative people now who feel like women shouldn't wear pants. Right. There's a thing, maybe women shouldn't wear pants in church because it's a holy place. And for some reason, pants are unholy on women. Right. For some reason. Yeah. Well, the concept comes from basically the idea that they're, trying to look like men if, if I've, I've had conversations with people well they're trying to look like men and that's that's god created the genders and he wants them to to look differently and to have and i get some of that argument because i do believe what i do believe god was trying to protect was kind of you know and, and once again this is just an opinion here of basically saying, Hey, stop trying to look like something you're not, or stop trying to be deceptive okay. in the way you dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of this goes into the, the broader sexuality of how God views it in, in the, in the terms of through scripture. Right. Right. Kind of that traditional scripture way of, 
of gender and even gender roles, because I do believe the Bible does talk about gender roles in a way. Okay. Right. And through modern times, we have done away with some of those, some, some gender roles for good, some gender roles, I believe have maybe even, and this is going to be controversial to, to some women, I, I think have done harm to the family n- nucleus. Okay. Um, now the the best anyways the the biblical way I, I i believe in the bible i believe in the way it kind of Agreed. points things out when i'm looking at this picture of harry these are pretty feminine dresses now he himself if i saw him i wouldn't be like oh that's that's a girl mm-hmm. just because of the way he is there um but there is also maybe a little bit of a fear of you know alternative lifestyle here as as well sinking in and, and Candace is also talking about the feminization of men. So th- there's a lot to unpack here. I, I know there's some cultural aspects, but I do believe there's probably something that goes a little bit past culture as well. Well, again, that's Candace's perspective. Sure. And she's coming from the fact that she is a conservative Christian mm-hmm. who has this mindset of how things should be. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, this is kind of. I don't want to say semantics, but this is this is really just her voicing her opinion. Now, now diving into Marxism is a whole nother. Yeah, we're not we're not getting into that part. We're not situation. getting into that part. But but if if you just take it as you know, she's saying there's no society that can survive without strong men. But and her last tagline is "Bring back manly men." Yes, but then the the concept is is the man not strong because he's wearing a dress? You see, like I don't know personally. Mm-hmm. Now this is just my opinion, and mm-hmm. I guess we're just well, this is one thing we're just gonna have to disagree on. I think. Well, well, first say it. But why and are you saying or disagreeing? No, no, I'm I'm just saying like, so what? He wore a dress. I wore a dress once. Okay. When I was in um, high school, I remember we had an English project, mm-hmm. and in that English project, uh, you could choose to be either Romeo or Juliet to do a soliloquy. Mm-hmm. And um, you chose Juliet. I chose Juliet. Interesting. You know why I chose Juliet? Why? Because it was shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so i dressed up like a woman i borrowed a dress from my mom uh i covered my head i looked like aunt jemima you know and um i went and i did my, my role mm-hmm. you know that, that i wanted to do uh for the class for great so so what does that make me less of a man i mean is Harry walking around in the dress all the time i don't know well, i don't know even if he, just if he did was it for does it make like your argument is almost like even if he does, does it make a difference? Exactly. Like if that's his wardrobe preference and he still identifies himself as a man, you know what? It's it's culture. It's it's a style thing. It's a. I, I do think there's some culture in here. I also do think, listen, I, I agree with the concept here of we've gotten to a place in the world where I do think that there is a little bit of pushback on manly men okay i I do think there is a there is a little bit of a a concept of we've almost made it a caricature to be a manly man well again and i may have i may be not sensitive but i have a different perspective with this whole manly man thing because see the the idea of a manly man is this burly person who can again this is again perspective right Mm -hmm. to me manly men are men who are they're they they can do like they're handy. Yeah. They're guys who are handy. They're guys who can um 
uh, they're burly guys who outdoorsy, like that kind of stuff to me when I think manly man, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the truth. I'm not the most handyman because of my experience growing up. Yeah. And at the same time, I'm not outdoorsy in the sense that you're going to catch me uh, chopping up wood and, and doing this kind of stuff for my fire. Like, like, I'm not that guy. Well, I don't think you need to be sensitive about that because here's where I agree with you. I agree that this caricature has kind of taken over a little bit, but also maybe maybe for good reasons. So I'm not a manly man. I'm not handy at all. I cry more than my wife does at like movies and, and, and stuff like that. If yeah. there's a sad story, I will actually, my wife, it's almost a joke between my daughter and my wife. Like, oh, are you crying? Is that you? And I'm like, no, leave me alone. Well, I probably am. Yeah, right? I hear you. Um, so I, I do, I do resonate with what you're, what you're saying, what you're saying there. And, and I don't, you know, I, I'm not, and this is a conversation we had. I'm not huge in the cars. Right. Like we you're did huge, talk about that. You're yeah. huge in the cars. I I'm like, I, cars, right. they just don't do it for me. I, I just don't care. Right. I do like sports, but that's probably the, about the, the one stereotypical manly thing that I feel like, um, you know, I, I do like, I do think that here's the problem with some of these comments. So I do think there is a little bit of truth in here, okay. but also some, some jumping to some conclusions as well. For instance, I, I, I do believe over time there has been maybe a, a little bit of feminization of men. Well, you can, yeah. I, and I see where you're coming from. And if and if you're going to dive into the whole Marxism thing, then that's probably where we're going to be able to. No, uh, we're not going there. It's too much. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying that I want to. <laughs> what I'm saying is that's that's kind of the heart of her comment. But but Marxism is different because that's more of a social economic and not gender. And and, and I know True. there are some things in there. Okay, so so then let's 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 go to the feminization, right? Um, there there is that and could it be a response to the fact that women were worthless back back in the day like they were worth less than animals or or could it be that some of the things that people saw as manly or as feminine weren't really manly or feminine they were just human like emotions yes I yes, mean, to that, be emotional, like I'm, I'm extremely emotional, and that's human. That right. and that's and that's all right. And I find myself becoming more emotional the older I get. So the point yeah, is, I'm yeah, not calling you old, but older, I'm the same. No, the older I get, the more I do cry. It's so, true. So, so what I'm saying is, this is, <laughs> this to me, I think that the way that she framed it mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. not the best way to start a conversation. No, and we're all about starting conversations. Exactly. So my my point is, you could say, hey, you know. Harry, can you explain what's going on? But you see, the way Vogue describes this, you know, this tweet, because she retweeted and added her comment to it. Vogue magazine said this. There's so much joy to be had in playing with clothes. Yeah. So they're already acknowledging the fact that we're just getting creative here, just having fun. They're playing okay. with clothes. Some, you would, see what I mean? some would say that's the way it starts. That's the way kind of this view of, of gender. And we have... Oh, maybe this is getting way deeper than we want to. <laughs> Good, but the biblical view of, of of gender, right? Right. And I think conservatives are worried that this leads to the non-biblical view of gender. Okay. And the non-traditional way to look at it. Now you spark something in my brain. I haven't investigated this, so this is just straight, raw, and uncut. The way that we do on Diversity on the Hill, right? Who's to say that the way that the Jews described the gender, the male gender, mm-hmm. was the right way. 
Well, I'm not saying necessarily the Jews, but I'm talking about the biblical world view, which if we're, we can't be starting to pick and choose from scripture now. I no, hope no, no, we're no, not no. going down that no, road. No, no, of course not. No, no. But, but this is what I'm getting at, uh-huh. right? There are some things in the Bible, mm-hmm. like when Paul is like a woman needs to just be quiet, mm-hmm. you know, in the church and that kind of stuff, sure. right? Where it was due to the Jewish culture. Okay. Right. And yes, there are some things that, that men can do. But let me ask you this, and maybe this is getting too deep in the weeds, but how do you know that that was just a cultural thing? Because it's in Scripture. And so it's hard, uh, you know, when you read something, then people are going to be like, well, no, Pastor Cursor, you're just picking and choosing. If the Bible says that, and then why do you, why do you not eat pork? Good point. Why is that not a cultural thing? And And that is... That is a very good point. So here's here's what I'm getting at. I don't believe uh, that there is a canon within the canon. You know, the whole idea that, okay, we're going to just pick and choose things accordingly mm-hmm. and what have you. But I do believe we have to take some things in context. I, I totally agree with that. So, so what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is there were certain things that took place that their culture influenced mm-hmm. that we're just getting it just gives us an understanding of what the mentality or the state of the situation or the society was at that point. And then we take some of these things and we apply it as a blanket statement. Well, it's in the Bible. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to run with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Without doing due diligence in investigating deeper and understanding what the context was and who the writer was writing to. So what I'm saying is when you do that work, mm-hmm. then you have a clear understanding of even what the Bible was sharing. And this is why we keep learning more and more. The more we investigate the Bible, the more we learn about um, ancient societies, we're starting to get a, a clearer understanding of God's word. So so what I'm saying is we don't have the full picture. We don't have the full understanding even of the Bible right off the bat. Wow, so this is taking us down a road I did not expect us to take us. But so that scares me a little bit. Okay. And, and here let me tell you why. Because then then we're almost saying, "Hey, listen, we can't read the Bible for the Bible's sake and understand it without everything being in its proper context." 20, 30 years ago, we didn't have some of the historical context we do now. Yes. So what we're saying is that they didn't understand the Bible clear. Now, I do believe there is a progression of of beliefs and we can start to understand it more as we go on. But, but something like this, it, it, it's very interesting to me that it's almost saying, Hey, listen, you need to understand it all. Not all because again, light is progressive. Sure. We've been talking about this. The Holy spirit keeps sharing and shedding more light as we study. And as we go and knowledge is going to continue to increase. Yeah, but but I'm also hearing this, like, oh, okay, so Pastor Curcio, he's a pastor, he studied this, he has the resources, he's done the schooling, he has, you know, the time to, mm-hmm. to investigate and do the study, but a, a normal person might not have the time or the education or, or the things, so is this an understanding that only a pastor can come to? No, no, I'm not going there either, um, and, and here's the reality, there are people out there who probably have more knowledge of the Bible than I do. Mm-hmm. i I'm not ashamed to say that. Well, right? I know there are people who have more than I so, 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 so what I'm getting at is when we're going to make a statement like this, mm-hmm. where we're going to blank a statement and say, bring back manly men, mm-hmm. that is based on her perspective. Sure. Which, as a Christian woman, 
mm-hmm. you would assume is rooted in the Bible. You would assume, and not right. always the case, but you would assume, right. yes. And, yeah. So, so, so what? Well, I'm, we shouldn't assume. But we that, and that's what I'm okay. getting at. What I'm what I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to get at is, it's difficult to to make a blanket statement on something just based on my perspective, mm-hmm. even if that perspective is coming from the Bible. That's what I'm getting at. I'm not trying to question what the Bible is saying. I I understand. You know, we have roles. We have. Uh, responsibilities. There are things that God gave men the op- the ability to do, and things He gave women specifically the ability to do. Um, but I think that sometimes we're also. I want to clarify that statement so we don't get in trouble. Okay, go ahead, clarify. Because I, what I feel like you're saying is He's given certain strengths and weakness, certain strengths to certain genders. Yeah. Well, well, women can't reproduce without men, and well, men can't have. Yeah, we can't kids without women, right? Exactly. Right, right, right. So, so what I'm trying to say is, there are certain, like, like you said, the gender roles. There are certain things that God did establish that He wanted um, for men and for women. But what I'm trying to say is, dress, like clothing, mm-hmm. in this particular case, to me, is irrelevant. Like, to me, it's like, whatever. In, so you had fun with it. In this particular case. Right. In this particular case. Well, I right want to read this more because, you know, we, we talked about the title. And they go over a list of manly men who have worn dresses or a version of a dress. Because they're not really dresses. They might be tunics. So, like, Jesus right. wore a tunic. Uh, Hercules. But I don't think he was a real historical man. So why yeah, did well, she put this person there? I don't know why she did that. Ken, uh, King Henry VIII. Right. Right. Again, this is cultural. Gandalf, who once again isn't a real person. Yeah. Okay. But, Every well, Supreme Court judge ever. <laughs> Where's uh, a, yeah, a robe. Now I do. I, I get you. And I, I have mentioned that because when someone conservative talks about women wearing pants mm-hmm. and how they're trying to look like a man. And I was like, well, let's go back to Bible times. Every garment was pretty similar. There Correct. wasn't one with two holes with and long. Exactly. So obviously I know some of this is cultural as well. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like right now we have an idea, a modern idea of what manly man is. Yeah. And this is what I'm getting at. I'm like, just wondering why this is such a threat to her. I, he's wearing a dress. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like in this case, especially when Vogue starts out with saying, this is just playing it fine. So some people say, oh, some kid is going to see this and be like, oh, I can wear dresses too. You know, whatever it is. And have that influence on the kid and, and maybe confuse them as to what. But in the end of the day, we don't know where Harry is on this. Like this is Vogue advertising their magazine. Yeah. This is Candace sharing her opinion. And we have yet. To hear what Harry thought about this whole experience and what his thought process was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I so my idea is our our knowledge is still limited, even in this scenario. And what we do know is Candace was offended by the fact that Harry wore a dress, right? And thus makes her say, "Bring back manly men." That is her opinion. I mean, it is so. Interesting. I, I just saw some people post on this and I um, wanted to kind of bring it to our attention. And I do want to clarify something. Um, I want to make sure that people don't think I think women should stay quiet in church because I was saying let's not pick one over the other. I do have a 
a systematic theology about that as well, which goes back all the way to creation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the fact that at creation, men and women were created equal. Right. And that it was at the fall that there was some repercussions that led to uh, the inconsistencies in what God really wanted from creation. Exactly. But that's that, but that's something I wanted to make sure that people understand. Oh yeah, where we stand there, yeah. I want to sure. make sure that we don't take one verse of the Bible and make that gospel. We need to compare it to the whole Bible. But I do believe we can look at the Bible alone and come to these conclusions. Oh, agreed. And yeah, again, this is... Again, and I know you agree with that, but I'm just I'm just clarifying my point. Well, and, and let me, again, reiterate what I said. I do not believe there is a canon within a canon. In other words, I don't think that, that you can take parts of the Bible and chuck it because you're like, that doesn't, that's irrelevant. Or even that they can be only understood through the proper context and the proper historical view because we don't, ha we ourselves don't have the proper historical view. Correct. But we have something called, or not something, someone called the Holy Spirit mm. who helps us receive understanding according to God's will, right? So I'd say start with that. Mm. Ask God for clarity mm -hmm. and then research it in the Bible and make sure that it's, that it's um, uh, what's the word here, consistent throughout the word. Yeah. And then you can come to your conclusion and that's going to be fine because more than likely you're going to get it according to what, how God intended it when yep. it was written. Yeah, read the whole Bible, cover to cover, <laughs> as the narrative, beautiful narrative of it is, of God coming to save us. Amen. Which I and there are going to be some things that are going to be hard for you, that you don't agree with, that actually encounter you face to face when you have a conversation with Scripture. Yes. Uh, you're going, some things are going to be pointed out that, yeah, we were all born with propensities that lead us away from God and His ideal, mm -hmm. and we shouldn't think that, anyways... That's a different soap horse, as I like to say it. And even if there is something that you did not agree with or you didn't fully understand and you want us to clarify, write to us at diversityonahill at gmail.com. Diversity with a C. Yeah, ask us clarifying questions because I feel like there's a couple things that I, at least I said today that may have been, been like, we what? Said, yes. What did you say? <laughs> ask us clarifying questions. We'd love to know because that's part of the dialogue. And, you know, we get to dialogue in front of each other, but... We understand each other because we know each other. That's right. Uh, so, diversity on the hill at gmail.com. Or yeah. on Instagram. Diversity on the hill. Yeah. All right. Good awesome. Stuff. Well, let's bow our heads and pray. Do it. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to have conversations. And sometimes, you know, it's humbling to know that we don't know it all and we don't fully understand all the time. But we thank you for the Holy Spirit who you offer freely. And you say that if we lack or need wisdom, you're going to give it to us. So I ask that you do just that and give us the courage to have the conversations, uh, whether we agree or disagree. And when it's all said and done, bring us closer to you as we prepare for your soon coming. We thank you. and We love you, Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace to you. This is PJ and I'm out. PK here. Many blessings. Till next time.